This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Well, gentlemen, we're waiting for the, the Scottish Premiership to get back going again, but I think we can seamlessly link the international game with the, the club game and start talking about who we might have from this part of the world in the in the Scotland squad. And I guess we need to start with that man, Lawrence Shanklin, don't we? I mean, he's the he is he is the the standout candidate. But Jim, I don't think he's uh, his place in the twenty man twenty three man squad. It's by no means assured, is it? Things need to he needs. What does he need to do to make sure he's he's in there? And just don't mm. don't just say score goals because that'll be a quick podcast. Yeah, well, no, but but he does uh, <laughs> actually. He does need to score goals. But you know, uh, I, I think what he's got to do is is prove that he's better than the competition. You know, I, th- I think he has to somehow or other persuade um, Stevie Clark, who's already partially persuaded by dint of the fact that he's in the squad. But he's got to persuade him, I think, that he is better than than what is available to um, Clark at the moment. I mean, he's now he's back. He's playing in the the Premiership. You know, I mean, he's he's, he's an out and out goal sc- goal scorer. You know, but. Um, you know, you, you look at what he's up against, what he's going to have to prove himself against, um, and that's what he's got to do. I mean, he's a different type of player, you know, from the kind of guys that lined up with the front three for Scotland and are, are great penalties. Victor, you know, a, a, he's not a Dykes, he's not a McGinn, he's not a Christie, he's a different type of player. Um, does he add extra value? Does he add value over and above what these sort of guys um, bring to the squad? I think is because they will probably be the first pick. We know that Stevie Clark made you know vast numbers. I think it was eight changes uh, in the international yeah. games uh, last week. You know, but you know, it, it, I think he has to persuade the manager that he offers more than those, and I think he also has to persuade the manager that he offers more than potentially a fit Lee Griffiths. Well, that could um, be, we'll move on to that bit, Jim. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the moment, are you like me? Do you suspect that had it been a, it's a 23-man squad for, for the Euros, but Steve Clark went with, for obvious reasons, it's mm-hmm. a triple header, there's travelling, you know, there's eight changes in that game there. He, he went with a, a 28, I think, 27 or 28 for this one. Are you like me? Do you suspect had it been a 23-man squad for this this uh, triple header that we're in the middle of, he would have he would have missed out. I have a suspicion he might have. Eric. I mean, it's it's only a, it's only guesswork. But <clears throat> if you look at the makeup of of, of Stevie Clark's sides, um, by and large, although I have to say I was hugely encouraged by you know by our win, albeit on penalties, I thought we we played uh, some quite decent expansive football. Did. All the yeah. rest, of it. we really did, and we passed the ball exceptionally well. Um, however, I, I, I don't think we are probably ever going to be an out and out kind of attack-minded team. So we're probably going to be built around kind of a strong defensive unit, a, a midfield that works hard, grafts hard. And tries the system's to going to stay the same though, isn't it? I mean, he, it has to because he's found it. That's it works right. for us well, and you, you build the players around that, don't you? And well, it works. possibly uh, Shankland maybe doesn't suit it. That's that'd be a worry. Well, you're not going to change your system. I mean, any manager that can manage to fit Tierney and Robertson, two fine, you know, mm-hmm. two fine left backs into that system and make it work, you know, um, isn't going to change his, his system easily. So, you know, th- would Shanklin drop out if there were kind of lesser numbers? My suspicion might be that he might. Maybe probably, you know, probably pay the price when you've got a Dykes who was exceptionally useful, um, as we all saw. I was always a fan. I have to say, not kind of, I'm not boasting about that. I liked the boy the first few times I saw him at Queen of the South and all the rest of it. So, you know, I, I don't. Don't think you know, and he's a different type of player. Um, but you know, with a with a, if if Lee Griffiths is fit again uh, and on song, Griffiths probably offers. Um, well, he, he, you know, he's a better player. That, that, that would be my assessment. He is a sharper striker. He's a quicker striker, and, and he probably has. Well, he does have the edge in it. He's playing, uh, you know, with better players all around him every week when he's playing for Celtic. So if he's fit again, if he's sharp again, uh, my suspicion is that Griffiths, all other things being equal, um, off field issues and all the rest, it would would you know would uh, would see Shankland off. Every you know, there's there's no. There's no hard and fast rules about the sort of the breakdown of a of a squad, the numbers of defenders, numbers of midfielders, because of numbers of strikers. Because obviously some can some can cover both, and in Callum Patterson's case, he can cover all three. But uh, by and large, six forwards, forward type players. You know, not obviously not strikers, but you know, forwards and wingers is the number that you kind of go for usually for uh, a squad for the for the Euros in a twenty three man squad. Now, let's have a look at the contenders. I'm 
obviously Dykes, I mean, we're talking about if everybody's fitting well and, and you know, all the rest of it. So Dykes is obviously a, a given. I th- I think, I know I've wrote, I wrote a piece about it and I, he's he's definitely the the Mr. Marmite of, of Scottish football just now, Ollie McBurney, but I think he's nailed on as well because he's the nearest thing to replace Lyndon Dykes, as we Ooh. saw, as we saw, <laughs> as we saw just past there. So that leaves four. I think Ryan Fraser, if he's fit, obviously is going to get in because he played so well when it mattered. I think he would he would have been first choice rather than Ryan Christie, ironically, who who did so well for us in Serbia. I think James Forrest is nailed on if he's fit. I think I'd like Jim. I think Lee Griffiths is nailed on if he's fit, which by my very very basic maths would leave one space left now and that's if you're not if you're not including Ryan Christie as a forward he was included as a midfielder in the one the camp just 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 now but he played as a he played as a number 10 he played just off the striker maybe Steve Clark's thinking him now as he, as he's one of the he's one of the strikers so that would be your six if he's not and he drops into the midfield you've got you're probably looking at one out of Shankland Ollie Burke, Callum, and Callum Patterson. Is, is that kind of how you're starting to think? Yeah. Or do you I think, mean, like, Jim, it's either him or Griffiths? No, I, I, as someone who uh, cheered, uh, has cheered Lauren Shankland on, uh, when it comes to Scotland getting selected for squads, etc., I've really kind of wished him well. There was a wee alarm bell rang for me when I saw he wasn't listed as yeah, he a wasn't substitute for the game at uh, yeah. Belgrade, which... Is the big one, was the big one, uh, will be one of the biggest games for, for years for Scotland, I would imagine. And um, that was a concern for me. Now, there might be all sorts of intricacies as to why that, that wasn't, uh, he wasn't selected for that. Now, he's also got a problem that uh, Lee Griffiths plays for Celtic. And, uh, well, does he? Oh, get... I've noticed that one. You think that could be? <laughs> he sometimes plays for Celtic when he's not on his phone and sitting doing other things. But anyway, he, um, yeah, I mean, he just he's just going to get more chances this season, isn't he? To score, so yeah. he's got all sorts of he's got all sorts of opportunities ahead on to impress. Unfortunately for for Shankland and also for United, it's just not happening in front of goal for them just now. We're needing. Uh, well, what what Shankland needs now, it's a long way away to the Euros. And hey, who knows? I don't think it's startling stuff to say that he may not be still at Tanadice by that yeah. time. But, <clears throat> you know, at, at the moment, he's not he's not scoring as he was. Um, but we we'll hope that's going to change. And, and I personally think United could just click uh, into place a wee bit more. There was, there's just subtle signs there particularly at St. Johnson in the last game, that, that things are moving a, a bit better up front for them. So, well, fingers crossed for, for, for Shanklin that he, uh, he gets he gets back to scoring. And if he's scoring regularly, then... Uh, listen, Steve Clark's shown in the past, he picked him when he was injured at one point um, in, in the hope that he was going to be fine. So, I don't think I don't think you, would, you could say that, that Shanklin's even moving out of the picture at the moment. He's still right in there. But looking ahead, it's it's competitive. We've got more competition there. We all know Dykes has Dykes has uh, been fantastic. I mean, he really has been a revelation, and he's held he's hold up play. He's hold up play is exceptional. We did miss that when he went off uh, against Serbia. But I would also say Shanklin's good at holding up the play. Um, Lawrence can take a goal just like Griffiths can. So he's got attributes that the others have as well. It's going to be tighter. Uh, I think that can only be good for the country. Oh, it's definitely good for the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely. Good yeah, for whether it's good part. for the player himself, we'll have to see. It's. I mean, yeah, he, he he's a number nine, though, isn't it? You know, when you but yeah. that, <laughs> that it's a different type, isn't it? If you're looking in these squads, they do like guys for obvious reasons. Managers do like guys that can cover two possibly even three positions, don't they, Jim? When you're thinking of Ryan yeah. Fraser, he's now showing he can play through the middle. He plays out wide. Obviously, Dykes is way out. Forrest, he can potentially cover a wing-back as well as out wide. You're looking at your... I mean, going Ryan Christie, we just talked about him. He can play two or three positions. Mm-hmm. Callum Patterson's a sort of a guy that, you know, a jack-of-all-trades type mm-hmm. character. The same Ollie Burke has been played through the middle out wide as well. It's I, 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 I think it will come down to... A, an either or between Shanklin and Griffiths. I can't. Mm. I'm struggling to see. I don't think Clark's the type of manager that would have two potential. You know, two. Let's face it, poachers, two goal scoring yeah. strikers. 
on a bench. All of the players that you mentioned, Eric, I think have, and, and this is not being unkind, I mean, every, every player brings his own uh, unique set of skills to the party. Um, but I think all of the players that you mentioned there have one thing that Shanklin probably doesn't have, and that's pace. You know, they're, they're all... Hello? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My screen went blank. I thought I, I oh. thought I was talking into either there. <laughs> That's one for the cuts. A um, producer will cut that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think all of the players that you've mentioned there have pace, uh, which Shanklin doesn't have. I don't mean he's slow, but th- th- these are all guys that over you know over over a burst, over a five or ten yard, um, or even a fifteen yard kind of burst have. Uh, a, qu- a quicker kind of set of heels on them than Shanklin has. He is, he is pretty much a number nine. I know he, he holds it up well and all the rest of it, but he's a hold it up around about the edge of the box type player. Give him a chance to score goals. I've no doubt about that. I mean, I know he's not scoring at the moment, um, but then he's not playing in a team as good as Celtic, where Griffiths, you know, when he, when he's playing, is playing. Um, that kind of thing, you know, uh, but he doesn't, he lacks the kind of pace that these guys have got. So, you know, can we afford two out-and-out um, strikers? And, and you know, I would almost even argue that Griffiths isn't isn't just an out-and-out striker. Griffiths can kind of play from the middle as well. He's got that pace to get himself from, you know, from middle to front very, very quickly as well. That I don't think Shanklin has. Shanklin's a player, and I think that, that revels in service in and around the box. Um, it might be a close. I mean, it'll, it'll be an interesting, um, you know, next wee period. I think because he probably needs to start scoring goals again from United for, for, for two reasons: one, to force his way into the Scotland, uh, not the Scotland squad, but and really force his way into Stevie Clark's mind. And then, if he does have ambitions for a move, he's got to start scoring goals to alert other people who might have been interested in the first place in him that he is actually back bang on form again. That depends, of course, whether he wants to move or not. But most football players want to play at the highest level possible. And I think most people probably think that Lauren Shanklin can play at a, at a higher level than he is at, uh, at it, or, or, or at a bigger club than he's at at the moment. You know, no disrespect to United. We're all local journalists. They've been a great club in their day at the moment. They're, they're a pretty average Premiership side. That, that's the blunt truth of the matter, although they're doing very well. But Shanklin could probably, you know, if, if he was on song, get a move to a bigger club, which would suit United financially and it would suit him financially and career-wise as well. So there's a lot riding on the next uh, wee while uh, in terms of his performances, not least of it. Um, you know, making that real imprint on Stevie Clark's mind. Ian, there's a couple of guys, if they were listening to this, why wouldn't they be, obviously? Kevin Nisbet and even Mark McNulty, that would be, that would be, that will be thinking they've got a, they've got half a chance, wouldn't they? You know, McNulty's been in Scotland squads not that long ago and, uh, and Kevin Nisbet is, you know, well, we're all seeing what Kevin Nisbet's doing. So they're two guys that you can't, you can't rule out the equation, aren't they? No, you're right. Um, I, as regards uh, Nisbet, I think he's up to nine goals for this season already. So uh, he's he's cracking on with his uh, with his season. Um, he's pacey. We all know. Yeah, he is, and he, he he can he can obviously take a goal. He's he's the probable even right throughout the team. I would even say from defence midfield as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's the one guy standing on the sidelines waving at Stevie Clark. Oh, what about me? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I think he's, Mar- the next- he, he's one you could imagine in March. Clark having yeah. a look at if he's still if the, the goals are still going on in there, Ian. Yeah, and playing for a Hibs team, playing for a Hibs team who, uh, okay, they've had the they've had their odds stumbles, but you imagine they will go on and have a decent season, and and they'll certainly get goals as sadly Dundee found out the other day. Um, so he's he's a player I think who's knocking on the door, and. I think I think what we we'll, what we need from from Leipzig, from Shankland is we all know that he can come up with the brilliant moments. For example, the goal against uh, Saint Saint Mern. He needs to do that every now and again to keep the the managers the, keep the managers' attention. I think um, McNulty's obviously in the team with him. So, oh God, how how good would it be for United if they had two guys trying to impress the Scotland manager, the national coach? Trying, trying to outdo each other. Yeah. I mean, goodness me, we've, <laughs> we've, we've heard this week of, uh, I think, Ryan Christie, as he was trying to get back to fitness, he had a big poster mm-hmm. up. All it said was, you know, remember the Euros. And that was his goal. So every player, every Scotland player, will be absolute, or everybody with a hope or a dream of being in that squad will be doing everything. Um, to catch the eye of Clark and uh, Shanklin will be no difference, but yeah, I mean, it could work for United. If, if I was going to say, if you've got if you've got the two of them 
And let's yeah. face it, they'll be pal- they'll be pally pally, but they'll know for a fact that mm-hmm. both of them aren't going to be going to Euros. <laughs> that's I, for I, sure. I remember you saying to me at the time of uh, McNulty's uh, signing, Eric. You know, you know, you'd have got two. Suddenly, got two Scotland strikers uh, in in their team. How good is that? Now you will have to think of McNulty as a Scotland striker, a possible, a potential Scotland mm-hmm. striker. So, so it could all work out well for the club and um, hopefully for the players. I mean, we'll have to see. They'll have to do themselves. They'll have to do it themselves. That's what they need to do. And bro- broadening it out a bit, Jim, is there anybody else from who's currently playing for our clubs that you think has, a, has half a chance? I mean, I don't think now, as much as I think... Jason Kerr is as good as Paul Hanlon, if not better. I think he's 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 certainly got more of his career in front of him mm-hmm. than an Andy Considine. I don't think that you know centre halves were 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 stacked there at the moment. I don't think Steve Clark's going to give him a, a try before before the the Euros. I mean, funnier things have happened, but I mean, he would be the if you're going to say a St. Johnston player who who would have a sniff. It would be him, wouldn't it? Well, I, I think it's a simple, um, Eric. I mean, Stevie Clark, I think, is pretty fixed in terms of the system he, he wants to play. I think he, he knows the system, he prefers and all the rest of it. But I think he's open-minded to and guys... Saints that, play that system, remember? Yeah, you know, the that's three right. And, and I think he's very open-minded to guys who are prepared to, to force their, their way you know, through... And the way you force your way through is by coming to the attention with great performances week in, week out. Because that kind of, you know, that builds the whole momentum through fans, through the media and all the rest of it. And Clark will have a look. I mean, you know, he he, he put Lauren Shankland in his original squad when he was a championship player. So he's, he's open-minded, you know. Um, I mean, I, I think that the truth of the matter is this is all down to players. Anyone who's not involved in that squad at the moment has looked, and they must they must want to be part of it. You know, I mean, we're building, we're building for for ne- you know, basically next summer. Um, that, that's what we're building for. It's, it's not that fa- it's not that far away, but it's plenty far away over the next few months for players to get, you know to really knuckle down. Players that are not involved to knuckle down and show Stevie Clark what they can do week to week. Um, you know, whether it's St. Johnson or any other clubs, I have to say there are not a huge number of candidates that I see forcing, forcing their way forward at the moment. But that doesn't mean to say, I think, that, that the door is shut. Yeah, and there's the obvious ones who've, you know, are moving on now to the ones that have sort of passed through our part of the world. And some some of some obviously had their, their formative years years here and are from this part of the world. But the obvious ones, I mean, Andy Robertson's going to be in the squad, obviously. This, you don't see any doubts over Stuart Armstrong, do you? I think he's, he's another one that can play two or three positions. I think, I think he's nailed on as well I think he's playing some of the best football of his career yeah, yeah Declan Gallagher as well so there's three with strong connections to this part of the world who will be you agree nailed on yeah I think so I mean Gallagher was outstanding in, uh, against Serbia really wasn't, wasn't he tremendous. really was I mean anybody who, who none of I don't think any of us saw this story ending like this for Declan Gallagher or who no, knows no, where it'll no. end but you know what I mean peaking like this for Declan Gallagher when he was playing for Dundee did we we never but uh, how wonderful is it it's fantastic it's a great personal human story for him that, that he's, he's he's going to be on that stage and, and on merit has to be said goodness me he was fun he was as I say he was he was absolutely terrific um, of course we've got we've got uh, mention him as well Griffiths X Dundee etc so uh, uh, funny uh, uh, it's been that long since we uh, qualified that there's been a mountain an absolute millions of players who should have, you know, we ideally could have been on that stage. And, and I was up at Peterhead um, covering St. Johnson's uh, Betfred Cup uh-huh. game on Saturday. And I never even thought about it, but I, I spoke to, uh, along with a couple other journalists, I spoke to Stevie May after the game. And I'm busy saying, how, how pleased were you for Scotland? Great, you know, you scored penalties. Were you inspired by the spot kicks? And then it was only afterwards I thought, goodness me, I bet he's thinking, Oh, I wish it was. I wish it was just like five years ago or something like that. A few years ago, and I was involved. Yeah, when he got capped against England at Celtic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. So, but he would have been. He would have been one that that, that would have been hoping that, that it could have worked out for him. But so uh, we've got to think about all these players that have that have had near misses uh, as far as Scotland qualifying goes, and uh, it's a bit of shame for them. But we can only look forward and and feel good about the, the, the current squad. Absolutely. Two two names, Jim, to throw at you before uh-huh. we wrap up this part of it. Ryan Gold and John Souter. Now, John Souter, uh, I mean, we just want him to get mm. fit again and, and play and play football, but he was very much a permanent fixture in the squad when he was. And Ryan Gold intrigues me. I mean, there was, a, there was mm-hmm. a great start popped up on Twitter there this week to say that he's now got the, uh, he's now joint top of Primera Liga 
with in terms of goal scoring chances created, and that's not in, and that's in a struggling team. So could he be a could he be a left field shout to to force his way in, or do you, or do you think? It's out of sight, out of mind. No, not necessarily. I mean, we we Goldie, remember, he's only twenty four. You know, I mean, he, he he's got. I mean, you, you get a, you get the occasional kind of clip of him. You know, mm-hmm. um, at the moment for uh, it's forensics, isn't it? You know, yeah. You, you get the occasional clip of him. Um, you know, weaving and working his magic. I mean, when he broke through, he just he, he just looked. Uh, an unbelievably skillful player with the ball, the ball at his feet, and you know his use of the ball and all the rest of it, and then. He's drafted him. He's got you know a fair number of caps for both the nineteens and 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 the twenty ones. Uh, remember, um, it, it, it's the oldest story in the world. He's had a fair bit of media exposure. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Stevie Clark will know about him. Um, he's only twenty four, so there isn't you know there's no way on earth that he shouldn't be able. He's playing at a good level of football. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Portuguese football is is, is a good quality uh, of football, and if you can if you can play well. You know, there. I think you can play well anywhere. So it's all the story now. Well, I just I think Clark is open minded. You know, I mean, you, you've got you know we're talking about Gallagher earlier. You know, Gallagher and Donald are both from Motherwell. You know, I mean, you know, you get players from Liverpool, from Arsenal, but from Motherwell, from Dundee United in the squad. I mean, you know, he's open minded that way. So it's it's all the story in the world. Uh, could, could Gold force his way in? Yes, I, I dare say he can. But he's going to have to do something fairly spectacular on a regular basis. To, mm-hmm. to to you know to push out the guys that are there because now I mean I, I think now you know what Clark does have is a settled squad so it now takes although he can be, be as open minded as he wants you've now got guys that are trying to push out the way guys who are in that squad albeit that there's the possibility of loss of form and injury and all the rest of it this is a movable feast right up until he names uh, the squad for the the Euros next year so there's there's everything to play for 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 players like um, uh, Ryan Gold yeah he certainly he's he's doing well. Ian, he's doing well. Yes, and I think he deserves. Uh, you know, we've got the the whole coronavirus situation, but he deserves a plane journey over to Portugal to see him if that's possible at all between now and the uh, approach to the finals. I think he, I think yeah, Scotland should take a look at him. Um, Suter, you mentioned as well. Now, John John Suter, um, he was playing for Scotland at the start of the the, the Nations League yeah. campaign that ended up with with us going to the to the Euros. So he was in the team, and obviously a tragedy for him uh, the, the injury. And what happens is other defenders come in and and they they stake their claim. I mean, it's quite a ruthless business. Football isn't it, particularly at international level. You, you can't you can't just you know if, if you're injured you. That's the problem that you're facing is that somebody's going to come in and take your place. And, and, and Suter will, would, once he gets fit, hopefully he gets fit, hopefully he'll get back to that level again, back in the Scotland team at some time. But I think these finals will be too too soon for him. Well, Jim, while, while the Scotland boys have been doing their thing, United have, have exited the uh, the Betfred Cup. Mm. Does it matter? It matters in terms of money. Yeah, um, I, I, well, I mean, it does. I sense the enthusiasm or lack of the enthusiasm for the best Fred Cup. Yeah, it, 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 I have to, there. You called it the right said Fred Cup, didn't you, Jim? Uh, the right said Fred Cup, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to be honest. You're, I mean, Jim's too sexy for this tournament, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> I have to say, it's, it's not it's not one that, that fills me with kind of with joy. It doesn't fill me with boring, but it doesn't fill me with joy as a competition, I have to say. You know, um, it's like everything else. If you get to the later stages of it and, you know, you're making a a few quid and that's important I mean you know this is professional football clubs have to run they have to bring money in so in that respect yes it, it, it's important um, but I would have to say it's secondary to what United's main aim has to be this season and that is uh, you know one consolidation in, in the Premiership but more importantly as, as the season knocks on they're sitting there handsomely placed in fifth place the possibility of top six and, and who knows the possibility of European football. I mean, you know, I, I've watched the argument raging on social media among United fans who are among the hardest to please in Scotland. You know, I mean, some of them, you know, I mean, a couple of weeks back, there were guys seriously suggesting that maybe, you know, Mellon should pack his bags. I mean, he, you know, uh, there's that classic dilemma with United. You know, what, what do you want to see? Everybody kind of play like Barcelona, and they're not playing like Barcelona at the moment, but they're actually doing very well. Likewise, you know, they're sitting here 
10 points ahead of bottom club Hamilton, you know. Six unbeaten in all competitions, in both competitions. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, how, how, how do you knock a team who are sitting there in, in fifth place, you know, on 17 points, three ahead of Kelly? I know that Kelly have a game in hand over this, but, you know, well, well ahead of the, the Hamiltons and the St. Mirrens um, and, and the Livingstons who are all struggling down at the bottom at the moment, you know, I mean, I think there's, you know, the, and I hesitate, I don't mean the more sensible United fans, because people are right to want to be excited and expect good football and all the rest of it, but, but ultimately, I think most fans would say, you know, at this stage, that there's a great deal to be pleased about by United. It looked, you know, it looked as though it shaky a number of weeks back, but they've gone a good run. I mean, they're not getting beaten, um, scoring as many as you would like. You know, the defensively, the, 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 they've they've tightened up. So there's loads to be pleased about. I, I, I think with what's going going on at United at the moment. Yeah, Ian, six six unbeaten. It's kind of crept crept up on us that. Yeah, you run, uh, run listen, a form. I know. I know it's probably because right, I mean, a couple in there that you know the results that, that you wouldn't necessarily have been happy with, but most of them you'd be happy with the results if you just looked at on soccer base or or you know wherever you get your your scores and fixtures. You know Aberdeen, St Johnson twice. I mean, what a difference if it if it was two all draws or three all draws they would get in. We'd yeah. all be speaking about oh, what a team they are and they're, they're, they're not only you know they're exciting to watch etc. So listen, it's four out of five have been nil nils. Now that's not. You know, it's no box office stuff, is it? But the fans are now there to see it, so um, that problem solved. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, listen, it's um, it's Mickey Mill. Mickey Mellon's quite open about this, and I, I think I think the fans need to get on board. He is he is trying to get part of his team right, and then build from there. And as, as I mentioned, I think earlier on, I, I just saw signs against St. John's. Now they weren't a, United weren't a, weren't brilliant at McDermott, but you saw signs that they were they were they were getting there as far as attacking was was uh, concerned. They've got the players. They've got the players to do so. It just needs to be. It just needs to fall into place. And who you know, we don't know what might happen on on Saturday. We'll have to see. But I think I think they're getting closer. And listen, if you're asking me personally, if I think things are going along fine, then yes, definitely. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy that United are not down at the bottom. They don't seem to be struggling. They've sorted things out at the back. After I mean, I, I saw them lose four to Kilmarnock. That seems to be getting fixed. We'll wait and see. You know, it's a long season. There could be troubles ahead, but they're in the middle of a wage uh, cut negotiations as well, which we, you know, that's that's gone to, that to the side. Feels of like a million so, years ago now. So you've got that. you've got players you've got players that are having to deal with personal stuff like that. Um, you've got a manager who hasn't been there too long. It's only five months in post. That's you've right. got you've got a team that's just come up to the to the to the league again, playing against other teams, even even your Hamiltons and St Martins, etc., who know how to uh, survive in the, in, in the Premiership. So listen, it's not all too bad, is it? And Gemma, I'm listen. I think they're going to be. If 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 there's if it's nil for United against on on Saturday, then then I, I would be worried because I mm-hmm. think I think they can fill their boots on Saturday, can't they? Well, I, yeah. I think they can. You know, if they can't score against the side who've conceded thirty three goals, you know, far and away <laughs> the worst in the league, and, and I've only scored thirteen, and I think something something would be wrong. And of course, Shanklin will be back um, as well to partner with McNulty. So. And I was, at, I was at the league game at, uh, at St. Johnson, and it wasn't great, and Saints were the better side. But there are signs, you know, and, and we've seen signs in recent weeks, um, now and again, of, of a wee spark of creativity bursting through from, from the midfield and all the rest. And that's the thing that's been missing. I, I mean, I haven't, you know, it's not said the head on fire, but, but potentially it's there. But realistically, you'd be looking for them to beat Hamilton um, on, on Saturday. They'll be sitting there on 20 points, 13 points ahead of Hamilton and now already you know Hamilton are looking like kind of bang nailed down kind of relegation contenders that takes one worry out the picture right away you know for, for, oh, United, for everybody but, you for know, everybody for, that's you right know. but but the, the, the truth of the matter I mean I think the two games against St Johnston and tell you a lot Saints you know Saints are an established a long established premiership side now three now Jim they had them that's three draws yeah, that's know? three that's right I mean man, man for man Man for man, I would argue that, that Saints are a bit of a crisper side, kind of probably have more pace about them, um, maybe have more kind of innate footballers uh, about them. But in terms of league position, I know Saints have a game in hand. United are sitting, 
you know, three points better off than them. So they, they, there's a yardstick to measure themselves by. I mean, I think I wrote the column earlier this season that I expected Saints to kind of probably finish higher than United. I mean, now at the moment, United they are doing really, really well. And nobody wants to see a succession of draws or nil-nil draws. We know that. But at the moment, I, I think, you know, the, the, what, what football fans always find something to complain about. And fair enough, they're paying their season book money or their pay-per-view money or whatever. Um so they want to be entertained. They want you know thrill a minute stuff and all, and they want goals. And, and at the moment they're not getting it. But, but Mellon is you know just about five months in charge, which is not a long time. He he he's walked in. Uh, he's walked in the door at a dreadful time with COVID, with you know wage wage kind of embargoes and cuts and all the rest of it. Um, and also you know at a time which makes you know which made kind of recruitment a wee bit difficult and all the rest of it. So I mean I think so far you'd have to say there's maybe a wee touch of the Stevie. I'm not suggesting for a moment he's a Stevie Clark, but there's a wee touch of that about him. He's building carefully. It's a steady as you go approach. He's looking at the players. He's identifying who can play where. The type of guys that he wants in the team, not in the team, not in the squad. And I think already we're getting a fair a fair idea who he fancies and who he doesn't. But at the moment. Um, I, I think, you know, and I hate the phrase, but if you'd say to Dundee United fans, 14 games in, you'll be sitting in fifth place in the Scottish Premiership, um, would you take it? Well, you know the answer. They're a bit in your hand off for it. Case of uh, how many on Saturday, Ian? Well, I, th- I think Mellon will uh, let his players off the leash a bit. As you say, there, if, there's, if there's one fixture that you can really do that, uh, it's, it's this one. At home to Hamilton, who are toiling for all sorts of reasons. I mean, you know, you'd, you'd be an idiot to write Hamilton, uh, to, for any of us to, to, to write Hamilton off for the season. But at the moment, they're, they're down there. And, and that's, as you, as, you, as you rightly say, that's easing the concerns of everybody. I mean, goodness me, you know, you could really, really put the, the clear blue water between the, the two clubs there, can't they? Do themselves an absolute um, a, a wonder stroke if they can win that game. And I think I think that Mellon speaks about not just building the platform. He thinks that he's got good attacking flair within his team. And and when you when you list Shankland, McNulty, Nicky Clark, he sees Bolton as a wing back rather than just you know a, a kind of defensive player. He sees Ian Harks as a as an offensive uh, midfield midfielder rather than defensive. So. There's, there's, there's attacking flair there. We've also got people like Paul, etc., that can maybe come in. So you have, you have, uh, you have the players there that can that can hurt Hamilton. I think, I think you know, the time is right. The time is right. We've, we've been, we've been quite, you know, we've given. I certainly have given Mellon and his players credit for these tight, tight defensive displays and good, valuable points against the likes of Aberdeen and St Johnson. So now, just let's. Give them a wee bit more uh, freedom to go and express themselves at Tanadice and they can really, really do well in this game and get a few goals. Hey, and I'll just stick with you just now, while because you were up at uh, you were up at Peterhead. So, mm-hmm. what was your, what was your verdict on on Saints without obviously Ali McCann and, and Danny McNamara as they've had to do throughout the Betfred Cup? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were they were impressive. It was a typical. Typical professional performance from uh, a, 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 a top-flight team going to a lower league side in the cup. Never looking doubt, did it? No, I didn't think it did. Uh, I mean, you're sitting there, you, you use your own judgment. I, I thought Saints were going to win the game the whole time. Um, Peterhead played well in the in the first half. There were there were some chances. Saints didn't create too much in the opening period. The best one was a, a Conway free kick that I thought for a, a millisecond was in, but it went behind the net and rustled the net at the back. Um, but once they got their noses in front, I thought that was it. And, and Stevie May's penalties were absolute stonewall penalties, um, clear decisions, deserving. Uh, they, they, were, they were earned by good attack and play from from Saints, who were quite zippy going forward, quite pacey. Great goal from uh, Chris Kane and uh, the, the guy the, Melamed. The, how did how did he look on his he, debut? He That's did the okay. One that... He wasn't prominent, I would say. He wasn't uh-huh. prominent. I mean, Callum Davidson, the, uh, the manager, got asked about him at the end. He he said it was fine, happy. You know, it's his first it's his first game. He made the point. You know, it's not easy to make your debut in Scotland at a place like Peterhead. Um, away from home, <laughs> you know. Thunder, yeah, yeah, quite tough. I, I mean, Peterhead were a 
are a fine side. They're not. They weren't dirty at all. But but a tough, physical, cold day. You know, dark early, etc. Now uh, I thought Saints were Saints were absolutely fine. They did a they did a great job. You couldn't you couldn't fault them for it. Yeah, they were they're they're out there grouping in the knockout stages where they'll they'll face Motherwell. They'll be face playing Motherwell twice in in the space of the next the next week mm-hmm. and a bit with with Hibs in between. So they've they've got some big games coming up. And I don't know about I don't know if you got the chance to watch uh, Northern Ireland against Austria on Sunday night, Jim, or you'd had your fill of football, but. Ali McCann started the game and he looked yeah. he looked to the manner born. It was it was he the, the highest compliment I can pay McCann who remember it's only still twenty. It's only twenty. Was that he he played like he played in the St. Johnson team. You know, he just did it. He was up and down. All these touches were, you know, make right decision making. You never really saw somebody run off the back of him. He just yeah, it was just, it was a very, very assured performance. And I would think now the first First cap of many for them. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> he's one of banged the drum about since the song, Eric. I think he's a laddie that's got kind of craft and guile and a lovely touch and movement in equal measure. And I think he's got a big, big future ahead of him. And you know, I mean, he's, it's, I mean that 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 Saints um, squad now, when you look at it. I mean, he brought Melamed, you know, Melamed and, and May and Conway all came off. And you look at the players that went on, you've got Kane, Bryson and Henry. Well, that's not bad. That that indicates the depth of the squad you've got. And then, of course... And a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, Jim, he was able, he was able to, to start Bryson and put Ali McCann on the bench, on the bench when he was right. really fit. And that, you know, that's, so, that's not even mentioning Spoonie, you know, Wotherspoon, you know. Yeah, um, so, yeah. I mean, there's there's a depth, I think, about that that Saints squad. And uh, more importantly, that there's a quality in the depth. And I think that's important. But McCann, I think, is uh, you know will be, um, uh, for as long as he's there, um, and I say that advisedly, will be a crucial part. Steve because, Brown will be liking seeing that cap. Eh, that'll stick another... another z- <laughs> I mean, it adds value. It's as simple as that. And, of course and it does. Saints, like everyone else, are a selling club. And McCann is looking more and more to me. You know, you'd like to see him at Saints for a year or two, yeah, but he's looking more and more to me like a serious asset that will will, will fetch money. Because I, 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 I kind of sense, Eric, that Scottish football, um, and particularly of Clark you know, continues with the progress he's making, we might start to see some decent fees returning. Uh, once the game returns to some degree of normality, you know, um, we might start to see some decent fees returning to uh, tempt our players south of the border, which is where most of them go, let's be blunt, you know, I have, and I have done historically. Um, so I think, you know, McCann is a player of, I think, some serious substance at St. Johnson, and it's a long time since they've had that kind of craft, you know, that that nouse for, for one so young. I mean, he's still learning the game and all the rest of it, but he looks to me as though he's a player with a big future. In that position as well, Jim, yeah. you know, in that central midfield, mm-hmm. Ian, I mean, I would think, gosh, if you're going to talk about any position where you know, maturity really matters and where you, you rarely see players cap so young, it's in central midfield, isn't it? Because, you know, you, you, it's it's just everything goes through you. It's just, it's, you just have to be so aware, both offensively and defensively. And it's an, I mean, it's a quietly, it's a quietly incredible story that Ali McCann at St. Johnson, 20 years of old, 20 years of age, is is starting for Northern Ireland in a game like that and playing so well, isn't it? I know, and and he does have a, a great player, one of the one of that that, that team's finest players in uh, Steve Davis to uh, look up to. Yeah, um, who I think he's just passed the uh, number of the record, caps of Pat, Pat Jennings Ireland, record, yeah, which is wonderful. So he's got someone, you know, in his area of the park that he can look up to and really kind of learn from. Um, at international level, um, and and as for Saints, I think Saints midfield's going well. I mean, well, I think I think we've mentioned uh, David Waters, uh, Watherspin now. I don't know about anybody else, but surely he must be a candidate for for a, a player of the the month. He should be getting put up for something. I think he's had a terrific start to the season. Oh, he has, uh, he's he been has, in, he involved has. in so much, so much of the good things for Saint Johnson. So. Yeah, and and so he's in amongst uh, you know Ali's in amongst all these uh, these fine players who will you know, learn off of, and um, like Jim, I, I would ideally like to see him maybe staying around for a, a year or two, but things might dictate otherwise. But um, he would be one who every every St Johnston fan would track. They'll track his career 
Um, just like United fans have tracked Andy Robertson, etc. So, um, I know he's he's he's, he's been. He's a standout performer, a great young player, and I hope that that he is in with a shout as well for for some awards as well, some monthly some monthly awards because um, his performances have been have been exceptional for his for his age uh, in, yeah. a, in a key area of the park. Yeah, I would I would, pro- I would probably say his performance sounds bizarre, but his performances for Saints were probably a shade better mm. in the second half of last season than they have been the first half of this season. But it just shows you that's that's but that's the sort of raised standards. Maybe it's the raised standards and raised expectations. And a change of system. You know, he was he in Tommy's team, he was given the license to just on you go, just bomb forward. It's a much more disciplined role he's got now, which clearly lends itself to international football. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, for the national team, that's what you want. Yeah, every international manager wants wants a player to do as the you know as he's set out to do, and you, and mm. no one's bigger than the side at that level. You know, no, there's there's, there's quality throughout the Saints side now. I, I think there's no doubt of that. And I mean, my expectation would be that they start to move up the table. Um, you know. Uh, a fair bit. The, the McCann one interests me. I, I think you know. I mean, you you, you follow the fortunes of Saints uh, probably more closely than I uh, do, Eric. But I mean, McCann, as I recall, uh, uh, been at the club since he was. But he came through Hutchie Vale, did he not? Hutch is in Vale. Yeah, he was yeah. about four. He was about fourteen when he arrived. When, when, yeah. he, when he arrived, so he's, he's going through that that base. So you know, fair fair play to whoever scouted him because he has been um, the, obviously the talent, the ability has been spotted early on. You know, and I think listen, I think it's the best. I mean, I, we're probably going off off piste a bit here, but. And you look at McCann, you look at uh, Jason Kerr was Tynecastle mm-hmm. boys, I think. I mean, and I came around about a similar age. I still think it's the best. I still think it's the best route. A good boys club till about 14, 15, 16. And then your your professional academy is a sort of finishing school, if you like. You know, that's, I mean, I'll bet when Ali McCann looks back on his career, same with Jason Kerr, though. I don't know if they would if if it would have happened for them if they'd been in an academy from you know eight nine mm. as you see with some of them you know it's, he's he's got Ela got they get I mean, playing an Edinburgh boys setup you get so much experience wouldn't you so much good experience yeah I mean I, I, I and I think that the, the jury's out on this one isn't it I mean I know that I mean I've had experience my oldest boy went right through the the Dundee youth setup from I think it was primary seven when he signed up with them and and you know was their under 19s keeper for a couple he was under 19s keeper at 16 years of age and it was good he wouldn't have swapped it but there was a period when they couldn't play boys football and there was a wee period even where they couldn't play schools football which was which was an issue and I know that there, there are lots of lots of pros I'm not, you know say them embarrassment I'll not mention any of them publicly here but all of us know them you know some of them ex United men all the rest of it who are quite scathing uh, about the you know the way we produce um, players now, and, and many of them do think that the, you know that the old boy system, um, the, the the kind of Sunday boy system, was a great system for bringing kids through, and then at a later stage they, they develop. But, they, they, but things seem to have moved on uh, a wee bit. So we are where we are, you know. I mean, I think Saints just have to be grateful that you know Hutchie boys <laughs> developed them at a young age, and then they took them in as you say, I think it was thirteen, fourteen, and, and further developed them. And it's turned into a really fine young talent with a great a great career ahead of them. I think. LA we'll finish off with, with Dundee and it's listen and purely on the basis of the Betfred Cup job done you know the job was done before they kicked the ball wasn't it on, on Sunday at Easter Road so there was, there was no pressure for them I guess that helps in itself but James Mc, James McPake's looking back on I think I don't know if he I don't know if he described it as six seconds of, six minutes of madness but it was it was certainly six minutes when they lost three goals and up until that point they were right in the game, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and if you're being parochial about it, which, you know, United fans... Obviously. And Dundee fans have been known to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're through into the next round. With, <laughs> they're through into the next round, whereas uh, United are out. So um, <laughs> that's the that's a good thing for Dundee that they, that, that they got through the group. Helped a wee bit, you could say, I suppose, with that. But the fourth our game wasn't it? That was they got they got awarded the points for that. But they, they, they then had some some good results, and particularly the the home game over Cove, which could have been could have been a, a banana skin one. They then went into uh, over to to Easter Road. Goodness me, Celtic and Rangers would be a bit apprehensive about going to 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 play Hibs. Um, now, I think it's it, like much of Dundee's season, it's patchy, isn't it? That performance, good in parts, but then then they had this collapse. Um, so that that was disappointing. But if if the, if, if McPeak can take 
the positives out of the game into the league campaign. Because like like Jim said about uh, about United, Dund- Dundee's it's, it's Dundee's league season, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. everything else is is a bonus. They're 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 kind of off the pace a bit at the moment. I think they they need to win games like the one coming up, which uh, you'll no doubt speak about. So. Um, I, I think there's no real room for error in the league. That is my priority for Dundee. And of course, they've been given a tough draw back back playing Hibs again. But yeah. it's good to be in the next round. You never know what can happen. Um, Dundee can look forward to that game. And uh, hopefully, hopefully a wee bit of momentum in the cup helps them with the league. I think Jim, Jim uh, Ian makes a good point. Then. Not only is there, I mean, the, the Dundee's season is by, well, not deep into it by any stretch, uh, but I think there is a theme already. No, we're not just talking about, you know, that the, it's the, there's incredible highs and lows just in one game, mm-hmm. isn't there? But I mean, I watched them. I've not seen them in the flesh yet, but just watching them on the telly against against Alloa. I mm-hmm. mean, it was that was for my liking. That was far too hear him scare him than you would want for a team like Dundee going to Alloa. You would want to get a grip and have control on the game, it, it just seemed to, listen, they, they nearly dug a, dug a win out in the end, but it was all a bit too a bit too manic for my liking, Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think four seasons in one day, sometimes watching them, uh, Eric, I mean, I saw them, I was at Dens uh, for their eighth game, and, 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 and honestly, I thought they played some really, really good football, very tidy, um, and then Wraith forced their way back into uh, the game in the second half, and they got caught with a, well. I was going to say a sucker punch, but that would be unfair to Wraith because they did force the they forced the issue and they forced the pace in the second half. I mean, you know, let's be blunt. Who you know, we were talking earlier on. Have you said to United fans at the start of the season you'll be in this position? Um, uh, you know, would you have taken it? Well. You know, none of us, I suspect, expected to see four games in Wraith sitting proudly at the top of the table. Now, that probably won't last with the size of squad and all the rest of it, but they're, they're a tough, they're a hard side, they're a hard-working side. Um, but it's early days in the league. I mean, you know, we're only four games into it. But what Dundee have to watch is that in their air uh, on Saturday, who are, are on the same points as them, what they have to watch... Is, is that consistently that lack of consistency doesn't let the season away from them early on? Oh, I think yeah. that's they're on a tightrope already, aren't they? They're on a tightrope already, and I think they've got to, you know, I mean, sitting there five points adrift of both Wraith and Dunfermline, four adrift of Hearts. Now, I would imagine that most of us probably, in Hearts have a game in hand, most of us probably think the Hearts will, will go into kind of auto cruise, uh, you know, in the weeks and the months to come. So, uh, most of us, I think, assume that with the, the talent they've got and the money, you know, the, the money they've spent, they're going to win that league. So Dundee really have to make sure they don't let this, that you know, this situation escalate. It's very early days, but you know, in football, things you know, things have a habit of getting out of hand very, very quickly when it's not going for you. That said, there's lots of positives. I mean, I like McDade. I, I think I'm glad to see him, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, restored. He's got a bit of pace about him. I like Mullen. I like the look of Mullen. I think there's a sharpness there. Charlie Adam, well, you know, I, I, I mean, Charlie, finest passer of the ball, in my view. Still in Scottish football, probably the best deliverer of a set piece and the finest free kick taker uh, in the game. And I include the Premiership in that. Um, a back four that, that kind of that, that, a back four that kind of you know uh, I've got to be careful. Let's put it that way. The goalkeeping one is interesting. They, 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 you know they, they've experimented with two keepers so far, and of course now they've signed a third, a more experienced keeper uh, by the looks of it. Um, that's that 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 will be an important one to see how that one plays out because there's no point in improving your play up front or in creative midfield if you're going to uh, you're going to concede bad goals. But I think there's much to be positive about. But they've got to kind of they've got. I mean, the, the, the Hibs thing, late collapse. Uh, the, the, there's no disgrace in losing to a Hibs side that. You know that, that, frankly, on their day can beat anything in the Scottish Premiership. You know they they are a good side. You know, um, I mean, up front they they they're, they were always going to kind of. Uh, no, they're a, a good attacking uh, side. Yeah, that's for sure. they're, they're a good attacking side. There's, there's no doubt about that. And they were always going to be a handful. I I, I think, but um, that, that said, you know, you you have to be kind of you have to make sure this league doesn't get away from me. I think that's a key thing. You need kind of solid hard graft every week. It is a league where you have to be creative and all the rest. I know that. But mainly in the championship, you've got to slog and graft and work really hard and, and, and concentrate. And yeah, he's he's been hampered a wee bit just now, James, isn't he, Ian, with his... Uh, I mean, he, he struggled to fill a bench there at the weekend and, you know, you, 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 it's... <laughs> As much as you'd want to get consistency of selection, he probably does have a good idea of his of his best team now. After seeing a few games, he's not able to get it in the park just yet. No, um, speaking to him um, this season, 
he still talks about last season with a lack of consistency being mm-hmm. the thing that did them in. Because if you remember, they went they went on these mini runs of two or two or three great results, and just as you expect them, uh, sometimes coming up towards a derby, it has to be said, just mm-hmm. as you expect yeah. Dundee to kick on, they fell back again. And unfortunately... You, um, usually quite spectacularly, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, and that's that's an unfortunate thing. But it's, it's bothered them. It's bothered them so much, uh, and it's gone into this season as well. But listen, it's, it's a game against Hibs. You, you're, you write that off. You write that off. The, the, the bigger one is, is the Air United game. And Dundee have Dundee have enough on their side to go down there and 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 win that match. I they saw them to... dig out. I think it was last season. I saw them dig out a a good Friday night win down there. And it mm-hmm. is, and it's the type of good, it's it's these away away games against. Yes. I'm not talking about Hearts, you know, but I'm talking about a Dunfermline, an Ayr, an Inverness, potentially a Wraith this season. If you can win one of these away games, it really does a lot for the character of the squad, doesn't it? You start to think. Yeah, this is we can we can dig out results at places like this. Well, well, even even Robbie Robbie Nielsen. I mean, you know, if, if you can remember him, remember he, him. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> he, every time, every time. Just as you were asking him a question about a big game coming up, say a derby or something, he would pull you up and say, "That's not what wins your promotion. What wins your pr- promotion from the championship is winning away from home at a place like Air United, like Morton. That's that's what gets you up. So." That's what Dundee need to do. Now, they, um, there's all other things they have to do, but they need to chip away at these away games. And and sometimes draws aren't good enough. We saw that all the game. It felt like a defeat, didn't it? Even though they came back, um, it still felt like a downer for, for me anyway. Um, so it, it was... It, it felt like a downer off. for you. You were just glad you weren't covering it, Ian, because you, <laughs> you were moaning about all your Friday nights at Alamo. Well, it felt like a downer. <laughs> The mist was coming in. All oh, right, and if you were at McDermott Park that night, weren't you? <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Um, listen, it felt like a downer for like a second until I realised, you know, it was George Cran that was at Al uh, uh, <laughs> instead of me. No, I'm only kidding. Um, and I wouldn't wish, wouldn't wish any ill on George. Now. I thought you were going to say I wouldn't wish a Friday night in Aloha on anyone. <laughs> oh, it's a great, it's a great pie hut in fairness. They do, they do a great lentil soup. <laughs> I think probably the 57 other games I've done at Aloha, I think I've maybe kind of had a, 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 entitled to a night off. But no, um, it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it was one of those where, uh, to me, I'm maybe being harsh, but I think Dundee should have beat, should beat Aloha away from home. I mean, is that, is that asking too much? No, I think I think it's particularly in a, a short race like we're in, and Alan weren't in great mm. form either. But still, let, let, anyway, let's hope for our... I don't think we've had a clean sweep of wins from our, our, our three main teams so far, but let's... Fingers crossed this could be the weekend for it. Who knows? Touch wood. OK, guys, well, thanks again, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.